Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everybody. Well, we're back again. And uh, I, I, you probably think I have a mental problem because I say I love doing this so much every week and we've been doing it for 20 years. You'd think it would get old. It, it, it doesn't get old. Uh, the car business, even the manufacturing end and the, of course the retail end, is very interesting and very exciting. And I happen to be a car dealer. Uh, we uh, bring you this show as consumer advocates. This is not an infomercial. Um, we uh, kind of came to the conclusion uh, a few years ago, quite a few, that um, automobiles weren't being retailed the way they should be. And uh, as uh, a member of that community, the car dealer community, I started feeling a little guilty. I mean, <laughs> it, it just sounds like I make this story up, but it, it's really true. And so uh, 20 some odd years ago, uh, I started changing and uh, doing business differently and thinking about it. And uh, then it became a mission. Some people call it Mission Impossible, but the mission of this show, Earl on Cars, is to help you navigate the minefield out there when you go in to buy or lease a car, have your car maintained or repaired. Um, But it's also to bring pressure on the retail auto industry, Uh, bring pressure to them to get their act in order. Uh, The rest of the retail industry has just moved uh, with warp speed. I mean, you look at Amazon, you look at Target, you look at Costco, and you see a lot, a lot of uh, uh, 21st century retailers. The mindset of a lot of retailers, the most successful ones, as a matter of fact, I mentioned Costco. I don't know how many of you have been into a Costco store, but or how about an Apple store? Have you ever been in an Apple store or a Costco warehouse that it wasn't a pleasant experience? In fact, it's so enjoyable, sometimes you go back in just to look around. That's a retailer's dream, to have such a pleasant experience for their purchasers and their potential purchasers that they'll come in and browse. Uh, You don't browse at a car dealership. Well, I guess you do. That's why we're here. (laughs) We browse at a car dealership because we have to. And I say we... I'm speaking of me as a consumer. Uh, We need cars. We need transportation, especially in the United States. Uh, We don't have mass transit in most places. And we're spread out. You know, we we got a big country. And to get from here to there, you need uh, transportation. Uh, Bicycles just won't cut it all the time. And motor scooters and motorcycles are kind of dangerous. So we buy cars, and we have to have them in most cases. So here we are uh, to answer your questions uh, about buying a car, leasing a car, maintaining or repairing. Uh, we do a lot of preparation uh, for the show. 
Uh, we do a lot of reading and we clip articles and we make notes and and we think about what we would like to talk about then we suddenly realize it's not what we want to talk about it's what you want to talk about and if you're listening you probably have a question about cars i mean it might be uh, a noise your car is making right now an odor it's emitting it might be a rattle uh, it might be the fact that you're in the market for a car and of course if you are you're reading all the headlines about the high prices and the microchip shortage and the problems in Ukraine and uh, the precious metal shortage uh, creating uh, low supply and high demand. I mean, it's a buyer's worst nightmare, low supply and high demand. That's what we've got. So uh, if you would call us, we'd love to have you call us at the show. Uh, we have a toll-free number. It's uh, 877-960-9960. Now we're on for two hours, so you probably don't want to call right now. Might not have a question. You might think of something a little later. If you do, jot the number down. If you got a, a pencil or something, just put this number down because you might be interested in calling later. It's 877-960-9960. 877-960-9960. Think of something don't have to have a question, maybe a comment. You might be a car dealer. You might be employed at a car dealership or a manufacturer. We love to hear from people that are kind of involved, uh, lawyers out there, you consumer advocate lawyers. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. I mean, especially ones that, that have dealt with car dealer cases. We get a call occasionally from lawyers. Um, but anybody out there that has a comment, we prioritize this particular means of contacting us, meaning the telephone. We have five lines coming into the studio here in North Palm Beach, Florida, and uh, we, uh, they can light up pretty fast. And if, if they light up, we want to get to you. So we prioritize it. Nancy Stewart, my co-host, she co-founded this show with me many years ago. Uh, she has a laptop. She's looking at it right now. And when the studio sees a call, they put it through with your name and where you're calling from and your number. And whatever we're doing, like me, I'm talking. I'd stop talking. We'd jump over and get on the telephone. Uh, so we'd love to have you call us by that. I think we might have a call. Yeah, we have a couple of calls. Oh, fantastic. Good morning, everyone. We're off to a great start. We're going to go to Howard, who's been holding in Jupiter. And uh, for you others, just hang in there, and I'll get right to you. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. I hope you all, all you are fine. Yes. Uh, and I just have a couple of questions for Rick. Great. Um, okay. Uh, Rick, on checking the battery, uh, I have an old method of checking it. I wonder if it's correct. Um, well, I have a, a, a thing that looks like a hydrometer, and uh, I have a battery with uh, uh, cells, six cells, which I open the caps, and I, uh, I pull up the water, and it says if the black ball is floating up, the cell is good. So I checked all three cells. All three cells checked great. Is this a good way of checking the uh, battery? Of course, you have to have the battery that has these cells. Some, some of them are completely <coughs> sealed. So am I doing a good job checking my battery? Yeah, it, it's kind of an old-school method, but it does work using the hygrometer like that. Uh, basically, what it's doing is it's looking at the specific gravity 
of the acid in the battery and it's kind of doing a comparison between that and the the rating of specific gravity for plain water and obviously if the you know the certain balls float higher than others then it it tells you what the concentration of that battery acid is and thereby telling you you know a reasonable idea of the charge of the battery um granted it is kind of an old school method uh electronic testers are are more accurate nowadays they're become a lot more modern and because of maintenance free batteries you can't use that system on you know a lot of the batteries nowadays but no it does still work okay another thing i didn't get that Sorry about that, Siri on my watch. Annoying okay. thing at times. Okay, another thing. You want to hear another old school trick? Sure. To check if an alternator is working, as the, when the engine is running, disconnect the negative ground, the negative strap, and if the engine is still working, the alternator is is working. How, how about that one? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, a lot of people nowadays, a lot of techs nowadays, will say that that's one of the better ways to change a battery. As crazy as this sounds, uh, and it's uh, you got to be very, very careful doing this. But modern cars now, with all the computer systems in them, and the way the cars re rely on that battery for its power source, if you shut the engine off and disconnect the battery, a lot of those computers lose their memories. Uh, so radio stations on the on the radio, uh, navigation maps, a lot of that stuff can be lost. Plus the computer that actually controls the engine, it learns how that engine is supposed to run. And sometimes it'll lose that memory and make the car run rough for a little while. So what we kind of do is a, a little shade tree trick. We'll leave the engine running, disconnect one terminal, wrap the positive terminal in, in a rag, change the battery out, and have the engine running the whole time that we sh are changing a battery. But yes, if you, if you disconnect the negative terminal, and that engine still runs perfectly smooth, that tells you your alternator's doing just fine. That's great. Okay, uh, another couple of questions. Uh, what is happening with the uh, next year's Camry? Uh, are they, I'm talking about the 2024. Uh, will there be many changes, and what will they be? Uh, let's see. Camry, trying to think when they're due for their next reboot. Uh, usually Toyota does their, their big changeovers about every five years, so it might be about time for them to uh, redecorate and do a bunch of styling changes. Uh, they've one recently come out those, with the newest one engines. Of, one so. of those redecorations will be an electric Camry, by the way, so... I, I don't don't forget. I'm thinking here as you two gearheads are yakking back and forth, because both of you love to fix uh, combustion engine cars, and you're pretty good at it. And uh, the problem will be that there won't be any combustion engine cars around here, and you know it's certainly uh, 20 years, and maybe, uh, and you don't know model by model sooner. I mean, Cadillac is going all electric in five years, so yep. uh, you, in terms of do-it-yourselfers and fixing cars. Uh, hurry up and talk about it now because you won't have the time to talk about it later. Well, I'm all for electric because yeah, yeah. 
There's going to be plenty of cars out there for me to repair for the next few years oh, yeah, till just, I retire. Just a different kind of repair. Exactly. And yeah. and when the electrics get out and uh, and the whole idea of the self-drive cars, I am all for it. Especially since by the time I hit retirement age, they'll be all over and I don't have to drive anymore. I can just sit back and let the computers drive it for me. That's Something right. to look forward I'm, to. I'm loving it. Howard, um, if you don't have any other questions. Uh, just one more fast question. Okay. The brake system on electric cars will be the exact same brake system as it is on regular cars. Is that correct? Similar. Uh, but bear in mind, electric cars use what's known as regenerative braking, just like hybrids. When you let off the gas, matter of fact, Earl knows this one from his uh, Tesla very well. When you let off the gas, the electric motors reverse themselves into generators and the spinning wheels turn the motors and create electricity to send it back to the battery so that you get to reuse that power to drive the car again. But that also puts a drag, an actual physical drag on the wheels and it will slow the car down quite a bit. So you're actually using electromotive force to slow the car, which means your brakes are going to last a lot longer. Great information. Thank uh, you very much. Jennifer. You're welcome, Howard. I hope we answered okay. all your questions. and uh, Absolutely. We Thank love hearing from you. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. And, uh, folks, uh, if you want to you know, know more and read more, Go to the Consumer Report, that would be uh, for November, and they have a whole lot of information on, uh, you know, if you're not ready to go full electric, you can choose a, a hybrid. It's a smart uh, decision. We're going to go to John uh, in Palm City. Good morning, John. Good morning. I don't remember the year, but I went to a seminar run by Nancy and Earl Stewart, it was in West Palm Beach. It was at United Methodist Church. And the title was How to Be Avoid Being Ripped Off by a Car Dealer. Everyone that attended had a free copy of Earl's book. And I think the seminar, if I remember, it was a special project at that time, which run, was run by Ashley Newdy, which was Attorney General. She was new at the time. And basically, the topic was Seniors versus Crime. And they gave an 800 number, I, I wrote it down, 800-203-3099. And that's discussing about seniors that get ripped off at new car dealers. And I just wondered if that seniors versus crime is still an active war in a special project that's still in existence today. John, it is, and that's a great question. I. I hadn't thought about that in a while. I should have. I should have brought this subject up. Uh, they're still active. Unfortunately, uh, they report uh, they're under the attorney general. And as you know, uh, our attorney generals in Florida, even the current one, Ashley Moody, who is running for re-election, as you probably know, uh, uh, she is, uh, and I hate to use this term, it sounds uh, kind of crude, but she's in the pocket of the car dealers. Um, they support her election. They support her campaign. Uh, and uh, she doesn't go against car dealers. Uh, I have talked to um, people in senior, Seniors versus Crime. I won't name any names. Uh, as you said, we speak, we speak at their uh, uh, events. They, do a, they serve a great purpose, by the way. Uh, they really help seniors out a lot. But when it comes to problems with car dealers, 
they're not as effective because they don't have the support of the Attorney General of Florida, Ashley Moody. Now, if they have a problem with a department store or any other kind of problem, it's a great organization. Uh, there's a South Florida, and there's a Mid Florida, and I think a Northern Florida, maybe a West Coast, and they have uh, uh, meetings and, and seminars for seniors. So, Seniors versus Crime is a great organization. Uh, they just don't get the support from the Florida Attorney General because the car dealers uh, pretty much call the shots for her. And, and and I'm not picking on Ashley Moody. This has been true of all of our previous Attorney Generals. But I, I, I that, that brought back some good memories. I really enjoyed that, John. That was a that was a good seminar. We really appreciated it. Yeah, we had a great well, time, most, John. The most outstanding thing of that seminar was a female that was ripped off by a new car dealer in Stewart, Florida, and she gave her experience. She was a very aggressive woman. She actually marched up and down on the street in front of that dealer <laughs> with a uh, grievance that she had, and uh, she was at that meeting. And I, I commend her, because it was a female that said, I'm not going to take it anymore, just like this latest <laughs> woman that calls you now. This is ridiculous about Napleton. I mean, you got a brand new car and you're paying forty thousand plus, and they're using inferior oil and an aftermarket oil filter in it. How bad can we get with these South Florida dealers? Exactly. Amazing. And uh, that was an amazing time, John. And uh, I'm not really quite sure how long ago that was, but uh, let me tell you this: so, um, seniors against crime. We need to do more of that. Uh, I thank you for you know bringing the topic up. And uh, we're going to put that on the books. Thank you, guys, for educating the public. Thank you, John. Thank you for listening all these years. Give us a call toll-free at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Don't forget your anonymousfeedback.com. We're going to stay with the phones and uh, Warren is uh, with us from New Jersey. And Brenda, I'll get right with you. Good morning, Warren. Good morning, guys. How are you? We're well, thank you. Well, I called because I wanted to tell you about it. I had a, a great experience at a car dealer in New Jersey. And I just wanted to tell you what, what happened. And how I got there was it's sort of a catch-22. You know, you always say you're not going to put money into an old car, which I have. And it started making all kinds of noises. I ended up in a franchise repair place, and I ended up spending $1,000 because I had no car. So it's a catch-22. You say you're not going to fix it, but you have no choice. What was wrong with his immaterial? So I ended up looking for cars, and I went to this dealership in New Jersey called Mazda of Lodi, New Jersey. It's near New York City. And they couldn't have been nicer. And learning from what I heard on your guys' shows, your shows, is that they were so pleasant. They gave me all the prices, MSRP. They said, this is what it is. There's no uh, there's no gimmicks. There's no games. There's wow. no nothing. All, all you had is sales tax. And it was just a wonderful experience. Now, I didn't buy the car, but, you know, it was a very great experience. Yeah. Warren, give, give us that name again. We're, we're, we're a nationwide. So the Mazda dealership in Lodi, New Jersey. Lodi, New Jersey. Mazda of Lodi. And a, a, a Mazda of Lodi. Mazda of Lodi. And it, it, they're right outside of New York City. They're in, um, 
I believe the town is, I'm not sure if it's, uh, it's Lodi, Lodi. And um, I went in there just, first of all, one thing, they had a ton of cars. They had a lot of cars. They had, I don't know, 20, 30 cars on the lot. And the guy showed me the, you know, the cheaper ones, the middle ones, the more expensive ones. He showed me the MSRP sticker price. He said, this is what it is. We don't play any games. He says, all you're going to add is sales tax, maybe a few hundred, a hundred, two hundred dollars for the other stuff. He says, and that's, that's it. He says, there's no, there's no gimmicks. There's no games here. There's no nothing. And that's the way it is. We didn't sit at a desk. He didn't write up orders. He didn't start writing numbers down. He just said, here it is. You want to take a picture? You want to do whatever? Call me up. You want the car? Here it is. Here's the different kind of cars. And it was, yeah, he spent about an hour with me, no pressure, no nothing. And it was a very great experience. If somebody told, asked me what I thought the experience at a Mazda dealership in New Jersey would be like, I would have said, hell. But you just described heaven. <laughs> well, that's you know, all you folks listening in the New York, New Jersey area, and you want to buy a Mazda or a used car, uh, uh, give this Stu or Howard uh, uh, Warren Reed. Give, give the give the name one more time. It's a Mazda of Lodi in Lodi, New Jersey. How do you spell Lodi? I'm L O D I. L O D I. L O D I. It's on Route 46. It's a right near New York City. Route 46. It's it's about. 20 minutes from the George Washington Bridge. It's okay. about 20 minutes from the GW Bridge. Mm. And like I said, listening to your show for all these years, um, you're always expecting the worst. You're expecting the guy to come in and he'd sit you at the desk and stuff pounding on you and stuff like that. But the other part I just wanted to say, you always say you're not going to put any money into an old car. But when you fix it, you always say to yourself, oh, it's riding great. Why should I get a new car? That's until the next thing goes wrong. And, of course, I've been doing that. Finally, you know, the car got to the point. It was undrivable. So there was a franchise place in the Army. I went in there, and he gave me the price. I had no choice. I had a, He had the part. He put the part in. Three hours later, I drove out, and I had a car. Um, but, you know, it's a catch-22. I couldn't say, don't fix it. What am I going to do? Tow it out and go to the junkyard with it? Hmm. So... So you got to get into that catch-22. If you, your car is old, do yourself a favor and start looking for one now so you're not in a position where I was, and I dumped $1,000 on the car I want to get rid of. That's a good tip, Warren. Thank you. Yeah, great hearing from you, Warren, and we want to thank you for staying with us uh, all this time. That's great. We yeah, can I tell just, And your tips, and like I said, uh, it, 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 like you said, you go into a place and it's a pleasant experience. And like I said, I didn't buy the car, so I don't know what the final result would have been. But They could have the worst FMI department on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, gave the, he said 3.9% interest uh, if you want to get the loan through them. That's pretty good. Um, and uh, he, he let me, I didn't drive the cars, but he let me set in the, that in him. He showed me the different stuff in each car and blah, 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 blah. And he said, here's the sticker price. We're selling an MSRP. That's what we're doing. No more, no less. Gotta and no it. gimmicks. Gotta love it. Sounds and, great, Warren. Uh, and thanks so right, much so, for sharing uh, good thank news you. with us this morning. That's great. Okay, great. I want to plug Lodi Mazda again. You thank know, I, if you live in the yeah. New York area, anywhere, New York City, 
any of the five boroughs <laughs> if you live in right. New Even Jersey. Even if you're outside of the area, I mean, yeah. it, you know, it, it, it might be worth your drive to pick it up there or even have it shipped. Yeah, if a Mazda dealer is going to hit you for $3,000 over a sticker and you can buy it from Mazda Ludi uh, for sticker, MSRP, it'd be worth the trip there and back. Uh, fly in, buy the car, and drive it home yeah. or have them ship it yeah, to and you. I, and he had, what the thing was, he had plenty of cars. He wasn't showing you one car. He had all the three different SUVs. I forgot the model numbers. He had the cheaper one, the middle one. He told them where they were made. He said the cheaper one was made in Japan. The middle one was made in Mexico. The more expensive one was made in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he let me sit in them. He showed me all the different things about the different cars. And at the end, he just gave me his card. He wrote some numbers down. He said, take a picture, whatever you want. And he said, the only extra you're going to have to add is sales tax. And he said, well, maybe 100 $200, depending on what, you know, you know, the other stuff that you have to get for motor vehicles or whatever. Yeah. And he said, that's it. That's the whole thing. There's no, there's no high pressure. There's no yeah. anything on it. There's some great stories out there, Warren. Uh, thank you so much for calling us. Thank you. Have a good day. Please. Have a wonderful Enjoy weekend. Yourself. We hope to hear from you again. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772 497 And don't forget your anonymous feedback. Dot com. Uh, we are going to go to Brenda, who's been holding from West Palm Beach. And, uh, Bob, I'll be right with you shortly. Uh, Bob's calling from Naples. Good morning, Brenda. Good morning. Um, I have a car that is, my lease is up in beginning of 2024. So when should I actually start looking and when should I order my next car? You mean a 2023 or 2024? The lease is up in 24. Oh, the lease is up in 24, I see. Yeah. I, I don't think you have to worry about anything. Do you have to do, it, have to do anything at this time? Um, but you have, uh, what, about a year, year and a half left on your lease, I'm guessing? Right, right. I start thinking about it as you're getting closer to maybe six months. Because um, if the situation is the same as it is now, down the road, six months um, plus the option to extend the lease a few more months uh, gives you plenty of time to order a car, unless you're looking for something that's really rare or unusual. Uh, what kind of car are you driving? Uh, right now, it's a RAV4. Okay. Are you looking to replace it with something similar? or like, Yes, are, is similar. It, it's not a ri- hybrid, is it? Uh, no, but I would want a hybrid. Okay, so that's it's a good. I'm glad that you asked. Uh, it might be a good idea um, in the next couple of months uh, to just start inquiring. It takes much longer to get a hybrid now. Um, in 2024, um, I hope it doesn't take a long time to get a hybrid. Um, um, but we, we don't know for sure. So, um, and in the next few months, maybe start exploring the options because if it takes about a year to maybe even a year and a half to get a vehicle like that. Um, that's you're you're right in the pocket right now <laughs> okay and all right brenda that's a uh, that's a great phone call that you uh, made to us and uh, i just want to let you know if you're really set on the rav4 well you know it's a good thing but uh, there's other cars out there that you won't have to wait as long for and uh, you might want to pick up a consumer report and take a look at all the information that they recently um have in their november uh, October and November edition. And uh, Brenda, you've called us before, right? No, first time. Oh, it is? Oh, I thought I recognized your voice. Um, Brenda, no. uh, you are a first time caller, and for that, you win $50 this morning. And if you'll stay on the phone and talk with uh, 
our control room, uh, that's uh, Jeremy, who can take your information. He'll pass it along to me, and I'll get that check out to you. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, you're quite welcome. Have a wonderful weekend, and please spread the word that we're trying to build a flat platform here for the ladies. Definitely. Okay, Brenda. (laughs) Thank you. Have a great weekend. Uh, You too. Again, that number is 877-960-9960. And uh, we're going to go to Bob, who's been waiting patiently from Naples. Uh, Good morning, Bob. Uh, Good morning, everyone. I figured calling. I've been texting for the last few weeks. Yeah, we saw it. But I'm back. I got the picture of the new uh, uh, Corolla last week. It was at the very end of the show, so I couldn't show it. But thanks for the updates, Bob. Oh, thank you. I mean, it, it's amazing to be down here. We're lucky. Our complex is maybe 1,800 feet back from the water, and looking around, everything is perfectly normal. When I take a drive down some of the roads paralleling the beach, it's like you're in World War II. Wow. High rises hmm. are uninhabitable. Water went into the ground floor and knocked out all the mechanical. Low rise units were washed right through. You can see from one side to the other. You still see, even today, dozens and dozens of cars all, you know, upside down, scattered everywhere. Yeah. And the people have yet to come down to retrieve them. Terrible. And one more complex near us, we just heard they lost 800 cars. 800 cars. That's, that's in astonishing. One complex. Wow. In the garage. You know, it's it, it'll be years before the, those scars are, are hard to see. I, I remember after Andrew, you know, for probably 20 years, you'd still see evidence. You could see some mangled trees or a, a fence or something that wasn't repaired. And there's going to be evidence of Hurricane Ian there for for decades as well. Yeah. It's going to be a long journey, Bob, that's for sure, rebuilding. It be, but, it, but it was so nice to arrive and to have two, like, new crawlers sitting right in my driveway. I mean, that was absolutely phenomenal. That takes the sting off sometimes, you know. Scrambling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but I had a one technical question. Blind side sensors and the rear traffic alert sensors, where are they on the cam- on the Corolla? I couldn't see. They're behind the rear bumper cover on either side. Um, they're kind of on the, almost on the exact corner of the car, but just a little bit in towards the side of the car, actually. They're, they're totally hidden by the bumper. Yeah, totally hidden because I couldn't see them. I've seen another car these little round circles. Yeah, I remember in the old days, the old the old parking park pilot, the parking sonar, and you had these little discs that were stuck on the outside of the car. And it didn't look so great, but I guess now everything's hidden. Yep. That's why it's so expensive if somebody bumps into your bumper. <laughs> right, because a, oh. a very small impact on that corner can actually damage that sensor or even knock it out of alignment, and then it it gets quite quite expensive on those. They need to get a bumper for those. Yeah. Bumper for the bumper. They need a bumper for the bumper. Bumper for the bumper. <laughs> I know. Um, That's I not a bad idea. Really. So, sorry, Bob. Go ahead. I've got a little bit of feedback. I have a little bit of feedback on the purchase experience. Just some suggestions. Okay. Sure. Improve. Improve it. Yeah. And these these cars. One had five thousand miles. The other had fifteen. And I like to stay on top of the factory maintenance. Now, I, as a purchaser, have no idea what's been done so far. Ah. But what I'm thinking is, if you ever put the service history, just you know how you do the printout of the service history of a car? Yeah. Just put that in the glove department so people know, ah, 
Cars already had the 5,000 mile service. I don't need to do it. Or it was missed that I do need to do it. That's a great idea. So I actually, it is. I sent an email to Mark Selvin, yes, mm -hmm. from your place and said, hey, can you print out the service histories for both cars and mail it to me? And he said, sure. Yeah. So I'm thinking going forward, not, I've never heard of anyone doing that, but that could set yourself apart. Yeah. By just going that one more step. Well, that is a great idea, and, and we're looking for ways right now just to, you know, kind of help things out in our used car department, and that's a suggestion that we'll do. Yeah, and let's see. The second experience was these are certified used cars, and I saw the whole checklist, which was all complete except for the appearance section. That was blank. For which section? Cars look perfect. The appearance section of the CPL checklist, you know, that 160-item yes. checklist. It was in the glove box, which was nice. Both cars, the appearance section was blank. Okay. Now, the car's perfect, but just to let you know. Thank you. And what was the third thing? One of the cars had a Toyo Guard Platinum sticker mm -hmm. on the windshield. I had no idea what that was until I Googled it and I said, oh, wow, I get... You got it for free. <laughs> right, but that should have been highlighted because it does, it does go with the VIN of the car. Yeah. So, somehow, you know, again a little brochure or something, even though they use cars, they're not new, they use, but just so the person would know. That they're and getting yeah. the final thing. final thing was the manuals, owner's manuals. One car had them, the other car did not. The glove box was empty. Hmm. Now, if I just bought that by myself and there's nothing in the glove box. Well, that's certified, so it should have car. that. So just... Um, didn't have it. Well, I'll get that mailed out to you because it should have that in the certified checklist that it needs to have all the manuals. Yeah, because the second car did, and I started reading through those. It's like reading about a spaceship with all the different controls and features, even though it's only a Corolla. It's amazing technology. <laughs> but for someone who didn't have a second car, they'd be up to creep. But that's constructive feedback. I Thank, mean, no, it's, it's great. Thanks, Bob. The selling experience is fantastic, and I appreciate everyone's help. We appreciate you, Bob. And uh, we'll get that manual out to you. And thank you so much for the phone call. Yeah, and, and keep in touch, please. Will do. And I've been passing your dealership's name to everyone I know over here because they are all scrambling. I was lucky to jump on this the day after the hurricane, but there are other folks who are just coming down now. Or and having to deal with it, yeah. About to come down for several months. Yes. So you were probably the first. Like you're probably the first guy. <laughs> I'm not kidding to, to jump on this. I mean, you, you moved fast. Okay, well, Bob, you're going to be the poster boy for uh, for us, <laughs> and uh, we hope to well, hear from you again. Thank you. You take care. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, we're going to go to uh, uh, David in uh, Palm Beach Gardens. Good morning, David. Hello? Hello. Good hey, morning. Guys, we got you. Good morning to you. This is David. Good morning, David. Good morning. I have a question about... Uh, Deal that I just got through a Subaru dealer, and it's ordered for the end of December. But I got some serious questions about the charges, which I've heard. I've listened to your show all the time, and about some charges that they're trying to. It comes almost two thousand dollars a charge. I'm pretty sure that I heard you say were bogus, mm -hmm. but I wanted to tell you one of them is the nitro filled uh, cap program. I told him I oh, didn't boy. want it, and he told me that it comes in that way, and you have to take it because they don't. I said, look, just let the air out of it, and I'll take the car and put my own air in it because I don't need it. <laughs> and Darwin, security, I like that. 
Darlington 30, I thought, was uh, that was usually coming to the car. Now, I'm not so concerned about that, but what I am concerned about is electronic filing fee of $379. Then I have the electric, uh, a temporary tag, which I already have a tag that's got to 2024 to, to change it out. And then I got a dealer's dock of $995. And then I got another, it says license title tag fee for $550. So I, I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't like getting ripped off, really. Mm-hmm. And I'm usually pretty good at buying a car. I've had like 37 of them. And this is the first time I've actually, because I've learned from your show, that there's a lot of things hidden here. I'm not sure which of these are legitimate. The only, the only thing that you mentioned was the tag fee, but that sounds like on the high end. But <clears throat> because you were transferring a tag, um, the only time you see a kind of a pricey tag fee is on a new tag. But you had one, like you said, doesn't have to expires in twenty twenty four. So you got to transfer that for maybe one hundred fifty bucks. So it sounds like all of that was bogus. Yeah, David, the acid test for fees, and they always use the word fees, is is there sales tax charged on that. So when you're buying a car, anything that they put down as a fee, see if the Florida state sales tax was calculated. They, they don't, uh, they charge sales tax on any junk fee. And by the way, I'm glad to see the media picking this up and the politicians picking it up. They're not picking it up so much on car dealers, but they're going after junk fees big time now. Came probably from the Federal Trade Commission action. But uh, when you see something suspicious, if you were charged sales tax on that, it's a junk fee. Uh, a real fee is a government fee, and there's no chill. You don't charge sales tax on top of sales tax, or you don't charge government fee for a government fee. So, if if they're arguing with you, look at the calculation when they quoted you the price, and see if they charge you sales tax. Well, I got I got the only thing I got here is the actual tax on it, which was two thousand seven hundred sixty six and ninety mm-hmm. cents. So, I, I understand that tax, but the other things I just. Uh, what about that nitrogen fill cap that's supposedly on it when it comes in? No. And the dealer does that there. Um, supposedly, there is a machine that produces pure oxygen that pumps it into tires. But we've nitrogen. Talked, yeah, um, nitrogen. And uh, we've talked about it a lot in the show. And but like the, the air that's we breathe is is mainly nitrogen with uh, about twenty two percent oxygen. And uh, right. So, um, but they do that. It's just a. It's a. It became a gimmick about maybe twenty years ago, and and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of dealers are still sticking with it. It's just, it costs them nothing, and they sell it for two ninety nine or three ninety nine. In the old days, there's what, what when you first wrote your first blog on it, they were selling it for what over a thousand dollars. Yeah, they they dazzle people with the fact that NASA, you know, and race car NASCAR racing um, NASCAR, they cars are going two hundred fifty miles an hour. We'll, we'll use nitrogen in the tires because it minimizes the expansion. Uh, and also airlines, uh, uh, you know, if your airline tires, if you're, if you're going to be up at 50,000 feet, then you want to be sure that, that the, the, your tires don't contract. Uh, and it just, they, they use that to dazzle you with the fact that it's going to help you. But Consumer Reports did a complete thorough examination of the benefits of uh, nitrogen in car tires and to zero. Consumer Reports says there is zero advantage any way, shape, or form to having pure nitrogen in your tires. And as Stu just said, the air we're breathing is 78% nitrogen, so you've already got nitrogen in your tires. You don't need to buy yeah. it. And David, unless you're going out to Daytona 500, 
with your car. You don't need it. <laughs> right. And uh, here's some good news um, in reference to your call um, that uh, I was reading this morning. In the last 10 years alone, the FTC has brought more than 50 law enforcement actions related to automobiles and helped lead two nationwide law enforcement sweeps that included 181 state-level enforcement actions in the areas. In spite of the actions, complaints from consumers related to automobiles remain in the top 10 complaints received by the FTC, with 100,000 more complaints from consumers. And here's the good news. Today, the FTC is taking a first step towards establishing a set of guidelines that would provide consumers with key protection against dealers who unlawfully charge junk fees. Rather than go on, you can pull that up on Google and take a look at it. So it's really good news for us, for you, for everyone. And they're really the FTC is really joining us here at Earl Stewart on Cars in our journey to prevent things from happening, as you just mentioned. Right. I, I'm glad that's that that's happened. I appreciate you guys for what you do. And like I said, with this, this stupid uh, nitrogen, I can you can buy them online for 85 to you know 150 bucks. But it's just it's just a shame that even when I mentioned these, I didn't mention the other items. I only mentioned that one. So I got this printout sheet from them. I put a $500 deposit, and I guarantee you, I went to someplace else already, and they said I could get this car. It's just—it's actually a Subaru Touring XL CT. It's a high, high-end car. So I actually went back to the place where I bought a car before and said, if you can get me the car before they get me the car, I'll, I'll throw the $500 down the drain just to beat them out of this money that they're trying to get from me for stupid things where they've already made the money way over the MSRP, which was about 43 Exactly. That's a good, that's a good point. And whether it's $5 or 500 as you just put it, stupid, just stupid fees. Yeah. And they got, they got good money because it came out to 48605 for the car that started out at, um, yeah. 40, let's see, the make value selling price was 44 But, uh, you know, I don't mind the price so much is what I want. But when you, when you see these things, it just... I haven't. I wasn't able to sleep last night because this has been hanging on my head for a week. Yeah. Just thinking about what he's doing this to me. And, Outrageous. And I'm glad you called and brought it to our attention. David, it was a pleasure talking to you. And uh, we love hearing from you, so stay in touch. We'll do that. I want to ask you one more question now. If I wanted to text you a screenshot of something, do you do that on your texting department there? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, you, yeah. You can send it to any, any one of us. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety. No, that's the phone number. Sorry, seven seven two seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Text it to that That'll be helpful. That'll be real helpful. Did you get it? Seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. I have it. Okay, great. I come from old school where you know I used to work on all my own cars when I had points, plugs, and condensers. And now it's way out of control, so I'm stuck to like everybody else. Exactly. We have to come together. Thank you for your help, David. Look forward to your text. Have a wonderful weekend. Uh, we are going to go to Dave, who is calling us from West Palm Beach. Uh, Mark, hold on in Palm Beach Gardens. We'll be right with you. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Nancy, everybody. This is uh, Dog Walker Dave, by the way. 
Hey, dog uh, worker. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't been calling, but I have been listening. Um, I had an experience this last week that I have to share uh, with your with your folks. Um, we buy used cars. We and I've never ever financed any of them, and we just pay for them. And so we were planning on buying a car around January, and so we went window shopping. And we, the first dealership we went to, we're walking up and down looking at the Camrys, you know, the, the cheap, good conditions, but cheaper cars. And I ran across a 2019 RAV4. Didn't even have 20,000 miles on it yet. And I looked at my wife and my son, and I said, you know, I'm not leaving here without that car. <laughs> and I was not prepared. I didn't have that kind of liquid liquidity yet. You know, I was January. I was going to have the kind of money I wanted mm-hmm. to to spend on a car. Now I would have rather spent twenty three thousand dollars than 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 thirty, you know, thirty four thousand. And uh, so I'm going to have to finance. Well, mm-hmm. I've never financed before, and uh, so we begin the process and. Actually, to me, it was quite stressful, but I had a great salesman. He, uh, he, he was patient with me. He let me call uh, a couple of my banks to see which one was going to give me the best deal, and I was going to finance through my bank. Mm-hmm. And as it turns out, the, uh, I guess it's the used car manager uh, went and took some paperwork back, and he ran a credit check. And he came back with exactly the same rates that I would have got from my, from either one of my banks, from mm-hmm. Chase or, or uh, Bank of America. And uh, so we pro- proceeded to do the deal, and I'm going to finance it. Well, it was the most stressful couple of hours of my entire life. I mean, mm-hmm. sweating bullets, uh, very nervous. What's going to happen? But like I said, I'm not leaving without that car. I don't care what they charge, nothing. You're not going to find 20,000 a car with 20,000 miles like that every day. Um, very, very good people. They, they, they were just fantastic, and, and they, they need a shout-out. Uh, that's Vincent and Jason, I think, and Mr. Success himself, Julo. We know who you're okay. talking about. <laughs> you're following me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it was like Earl's opened the show with, you know, your shopping experience. Listen, that as stressful as it was for me, it couldn't have been any more user-friendly. i got to tell you, uh, it, was, it was an experience. And, and, and I like the fish tanks, and I like that old Pontiac, and <laughs> very nice. Hmm. Very nice. So Flawless. I just wanted to thank you guys and, and Thanks, for, for doing the show. Uh, but you did need to know about this. Now, I've got one more thing quickly. I'll probably try and get one of your guys to call me. I'm going to text my number into you guys. And if you're interested, I might have a, a good idea based on a bad experience for a, a car shop, a mystery shop. So Fantastic. I'll do that later because I, I know you want to clean up the phone lines. So, but anyway, it's good to talk to you guys again. And uh, thank you, I'm Dave. Just going to keep listening. Just going to keep listening. Oh, okay. thanks. We love hearing that, Dave. 
and, and you'll get uh, the, you'll get the hundred dollars we're paying you for that free commercial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll wait. Uh, we'll look for that uh, text you're going to send. Have a wonderful weekend, Dave, and hope to hear from you again. Okay, uh, we are going to go to Mark, who's been holding in Palm Beach Gardens. And Roseanne, you hang on. I'll be right with you. Good morning, Mark. Good morning to all. Nice to hear um, from you. My, yeah, nice to talk with you and see you guys on the <clears throat> screen here. I find myself in a very bad situation. Uh, anybody that knows me and maybe over the show years that uh, I'm in the body shop business for all my life, um, my uh, mangled Camry XLE is holding up your your. Uh, cement back there in the body shop um our car our 2017 camry xle was uh hit by a guy that turned in front of my daughter and uh he was clearly at fault ran a red light and the car made him totals my scenario is that um there were injuries in the accident but everybody seems to be okay but the question came up about prior unrelated damage. Now, Stu, this Stu and Earl, this is really for you guys. Now, depending on what the value is of my car, and I deal with the insurance company, this should be in my wheelhouse, but I'm totally confused. Um, the back of the car was the car was parked in my parking lot at home, and some truck in the middle of the night a couple of years ago crashed into the back of the car. And uh, so we weren't driving it, but it had pretty extensive damage, uh, somewhere around seven or $8,000. And you guys fixed it back to perfectly new. They had to replace the rear floor of the car. Um, so it was structural damage. Now, this car is now hitting the front, uh, massive suspension, transmission damage. Um, it's probably going to be a total. But now when they come to evaluate my car and, decide what I'm gonna what they're gonna pay me for um, it as it and they go and they say okay well this thing was hit in the back before how much do I should I expect to lose on the valuation because the car was previously hit but it was put back to what I consider pre-accident condition the job was spectacular and again I was I've been 37 years with body shop business and the the second part of this question is um, I'm a double amputee in a wheelchair, and my daughter and my two granddaughters live with me. And this is the only car for the household. So we're going to need a car replacement hmm. after we get done dealing with the dollars and cents. Now, we can't be without transportation. We're a one-car family. If I decide I want a new car, I'm in a really bad way, aren't I? For, for a new car, yes. Um there are like like we've we've talked about in the show, and I know you've listened. I mean, there's there are cars out there to buy. Um, uh, the, the the new cars out there on the lots are, are definitely overpriced, and, and you've heard the mystery shops. Um, so there there are avenues. You know, you, and if you're going to spend the money, you can get a car. Uh, a, a used car um, is something that I would probably consider. Um, it's you're not going to necessarily overpay for it for that. And if you do your research, listen to what we talk about on the show. 
but you can get one immediately. Um, yeah, Mark, and Mark, double check what your insurance company tells you. I mean, it's easy to do. We can help your other dealers. Uh, it's, it's pretty easy today to get a, a market value on any vehicle. So uh, when, you, when, you, when you're settling with the insurance company, be sure that you get a fair allowance because you should the, – the reason you pay your premium is so that when this happens, this very thing happens, you can have reimbursement that will allow you to stay whole and get another vehicle that will be as good as the one that you, that you totaled, that, uh, that you had to uh, replace. So, right. But, yeah, and, I, and I want to stick with a Camry, even if it's a yeah. used Camry. Um, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a car for me until the day uh, the good Lord takes me. That's the kind of car I want. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if uh, we go through you guys to find a used Camry or somewhere else. But, uh, yeah, my biggest concern is how much, you know, just because the car was in a previous accident fixed, I mean, does that say my car, let's say it was worth 20000 but it's only worth 15000 now because they had somebody hit you in the back it, a it year do- and a half ago? It, it does. I mean, unfortunately, I mean, but, and that's, I, I don't know exactly what kind of calculation the insurance um, adjusters um, use. I mean, for, for, you know, to retail or to, 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 to praise a car, you know, in a normal transaction, a prior accident right. is going to impact the value to some extent just because um, in the market of used cars, there's going to be a car just like it that has no damage, and that's going to be worth more. And so it has to be devalued by some degree. I don't know to what degree a insurance adjuster, you know, yeah. they, they don't consider It's probably the more accurate today than ever because we have sources like V-Auto yeah. and other sources that give the market value of cars based on their condition. If they had previous accidents, it's pretty much a science now. It was an art form uh, 10 years ago. Today, it's a it's a fairly good, good science. So if your insurance company is screwing around with you, you'll find out in a hurry because there are official sources, Mannheim Auction, V-Auto, that can tell you pretty close to within a few hundred dollars what that car is truly worth, market value. Yeah, and and I don't want to hold up the uh, the, uh, uh, the telephone, but now one last quick, quick question. You can tell me whether I'm right or wrong. And Stu, I left you a message on your office phone. But okay. you have to declare that, right? You have to declare that even though the car was not in a, uh, the, the property was damaged at a previous time, even though it was sitting in a parking lot, it wasn't being driven. You have to declare that to the insurance company or whatever. Um, I've already called an attorney, so I'm mm-hmm. not, I'm, because there's injuries involved, you know, uh, the best avenue to have an attorney. But I was just wondering, you know, sad pity more. No, Mark. I'm sorry. This that, uh, this happened to you. This um, is what a what a mess. Know, that uh, I've got to declare and say, hey, yeah, it was damaged. But uh, there was there wasn't a um, and when that happened, um, when it was hit, there wasn't there wasn't a police report or insurance claim then. No. Okay. No, there was an insurance claim because it was it was a heavy amount of money. But uh, anyway, it is what it is. And we'll just have to lick our wounds and deal with it. But right. anyway, thanks for the info. You know, Mark, uh, sorry anyway. for your the predicament that you're in. We love hearing from you. Uh, but in this situation, you know, time and money is uh, really <laughs> a major for you. So stay in touch with us and uh, good luck in your oh, yeah. search. And uh, yeah. as I said, give us a call back. 
Yeah, and Stu, I'll be in to see you guys in the office. Oh, okay. great. Have a good weekend, all. Bye-bye, Mark. Thank, Thank you. you, Mark, from all of us. Uh, I want to mention uh, the ladies that I have spoken to this week, uh, the ones that have called in the past, and just let all of you know uh, that you've been so instrumental in uh, you know us reaching, almost reaching our goal here at Earl Stewart on Cars. Uh, we have more ladies calling now than we thought we ever would, and I just want to extend a thank you to all of you. 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. We are going to go to Roxanne, who's giving us a call from West Palm Beach. And speaking of first-time callers, uh, Roseanne is a first-time caller. Good morning, Roseanne. Good morning. I'm actually parked at Earl Stewart right now. I'm bringing in my 2017 RAV4. Well, what a great way to spend your time calling us. Um, I want to extend the $50 (laughs) to you (laughs) and I'll tell you to stay on the line and speak with uh, Jeremy in our control room and he'll get me that information and I'll get the $50 check out to you. What can we do for you this morning? Well, as I said, I'm I'm parked here at Earl Stewart waiting for my fourth battery on my 2017 RAV4, and I need to know what I'm doing wrong that I keep burning up these batteries. Uh-oh. Oh, geez. <laughs> well, Rick can help you out on that. Rick's eyes are going are fluttering back and forth. He's, <laughs> He's the one to answer the question. <laughs> You tell them you're talking to Earl Stroh on the phone right now, and they better take real good care of you, or they're in trouble. Put us on speakerphone, please. They always take real good care of me, which is why I've come back for the fourth one. I love this place, but I just, I've got to be doing something wrong that I'm going, I'm going through batteries like this, so help. Oh, jeez. Okay, uh, first question, uh, do you have smart key? The, the... Yeah. So it's a, it's a push-button start smart key system? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, do you park your car in the garage? All the time. And do you ever leave the key near the car? Like a, a, uh, the like key a, is a, in the laundry room, usually, and it's, the laundry room is close to the garage. Try putting the key a little farther away to where it's like uh, 40 or 50 feet away. Uh, the reason being, a lot of folks don't know this, smart key systems, the computer in your car is going to always look for that smart key to a certain extent. And if the key is nearby, they actually will kind of ping back and forth. They'll talk to each other just to see if that key is right next to the car, ready to unlock the car. And if it's close enough to the car, 20, uh, 10, 15, maybe 20 feet, that computer will actually constantly be looking for that key in a, in a more active sense. And it keeps using battery power to do that. Putting the key farther away to where the computer cannot detect it will actually let it go into a sleep mode and use less electricity that way, use less battery power. Yeah, if you go out of town sometimes, you really want to be careful because if you leave your key at home near the car, it's going to kill your battery when you come home. Right, and it it can actually drain that battery down quite a bit in only a couple of days because that computer is using so much power. And another factor that also can affect it 
is if your garage door opener is one of the newest models where it actually has what's known as a smart feature to where your cell phone can open your garage door, those actually will communicate on a similar frequency. And again, the computer in your car will use battery power talking to that garage door opener. It's it's crazy, I know, but yeah, it's, it's the modern world yeah. now. All yeah. these computers are talking to each other. R- Rosianne, can you believe that? Is that's unbelievable? You know why? No, but I left my like I left news. my key in my car, and I got home after a week, and my battery phone. was dead. So we just learned something new this morning from Rick. <clears throat> Okay, I'm going to take my cell phone into Earl Stewart with me, so I'm going to shut the car off and talk to your service people. Thank you. Oh, you're All welcome, right. Roseanne. Tell what give, Rick us, said. <laughs> give us a call again. Uh, we are going to go to Kevin, who's calling us from Buffalo, New York. Ooh. Good morning. Thank you, Kevin, for holding on. No problem. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. Amory texts in because Amory always does a great job of texting in. Um, hers is on deck. We're waiting to get to it. <laughs> yeah, she's great, great question. She brings up posing. What's the advantage or disadvantage of buying a, a vehicle on a full frame? On a full frame? Like a, uh, yeah, a truck, like a truck versus a unibody. Uh, well. Um, I'm not like really a truck guy. Um, I do know that the you know the full frame like trucks and SUVs or or like a more recent addition. You know, uh, um, I don't know what the differences. Yeah. I mean, or Rick, the advantages. Rick, what are. do you think? The real only the real difference is that a full frame vehicle is going to have a higher towing capacity. Other than that, there's really not that big a uh, an advantage anywhere. Um, it's just having that towing ability which of course means having a full frame much more weight and lower fuel economy are trucks going in the direction of cars cars used to have frames now they're unibodies are trucks being unibodies uh only a couple no. most trucks still have a full frame because you need that extra serious, strength serious of trucks. the frame in order to pull yeah. uh, heavy loads makes sense yeah. and in the in the truck world towing is one of the biggest factors and the reasons for having a truck right. is to be able to tow things. But a lot of those popular SUVs, those mid-sized SUVs, are, are unibody. You yes. Know, like, you know, like the Toyota Highlander, I can speak to those, but the, the Forerunner is still on a frame, yep. like a truck. And uh, But most of the popular like family SUVs out there are, are, are unibody. Right. But they also have a much lower capacity right. for towing, yeah, so that's, yeah. that's the only real change. Okay. All right. A couple more questions. If I ordered a car now, and let's say three months from now they come out with incentives on the vehicle, would I be entitled to the incentives when I accept delivery for the vehicle, even though I ordered it? Yes. Now and it's, 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 I yeah. Would. Yeah. Absolutely. And and as a matter of fact, um, if you order a vehicle from a, a say a dealerships that's that's not you know make sure that you're that you're priced at the time. Of, of the of that mar- of that future market, for example, like right now, our dealership we're selling vehicles at MSRP. Um, but if the vehicle comes in s- six months from now and the prices have adjusted, we're below. We're going to adjust that price lower and make sure that any dealer uh, that you uh, make a deal with um, does the same. 
and you'll have to have that in writing because they're not going to want to do that. And uh, but if, if the fact that you have to wait, as Stu said, it's very likely, highly likely, that six months from now prices will be much lower. So you don't want to lock yourself in with a big fat deposit at a price over MSRP or even at MSRP for that matter, because the prices will be coming down. So uh, they don't do that routinely. You have a contract, you buy a car and you sign all the paperwork, uh, it's a contract. So in the contract, you need to say price adjustment to market in six months. And some people just won't do that. All right, thank you. My thank last you, question Kevin. is, my last question is, What's the wait time if I want to order a wrap or a, a forerunner right now? How long will it take to have one uh, delivered? Uh, probably about six months to six to nine months um, on a forerunner. Uh, now, it, that's on a, if it's a TRD or if it's anything you know more that makes it more unique, then extend that time. All right. Thank you. I really, really enjoy your show. Thank you. Thank right, you, thanks. Kevin. Our phone number here is eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. And you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget your anonymousfeedback.com. I think it's time for us to take a break and uh, talk to Stu and to Rick. And if there are any phone calls coming, Jonathan, can you uh, uh, let somebody know so we can take it? Nancy's got to take a little break here. All right, let's go over to the text. Uh, Anne-Marie um, has one waiting for us. She says, good morning. For years, you... Now, talking about you, Earl, you have warned people to watch out for outrageous fees and markups, such as nitrogen and tires. Um, apparently, those are not the only fees to watch out for. Beware of loan markups at the dealership. For years, you have urged potential customers to check out the car loan rates at your local credit union before you go shopping. This is very wise, wise advice. Um, Michelle Singletary's October 21st, 2022 financial column in the Washington Post spotlighted to propose $3.38 million Federal Trade Commission settlement that exposed a business practice of marking up auto loans in an uneven discriminatory manner. The FTC accused a Washington, D.C. area automotive group of deceiving customers, consumers by imposing illegal junk fees and discriminating against black and Latino customers through higher financing costs and fees. Dealerships can arrange financing for car buyers by submitting a loan application to one or more lenders. The lender looks at the credit history, income, and length of loan, approves the loan for a certain annual percentage known as the buy rate. Now some lenders allow the dealership to add a finance charge to the buy rate. This markup, this is the markup. Amory, this is, has always been the case. It's not a new thing, um, and we have talked about it. Um, it's the mar- it's the, if this is the markup, the dealer doesn't tell the customer the buy rate, only the final contract rate for the loan. This is true. If the buy rate is not applied evenly to people with equivalent creditworthiness, then the dealership could be open to charges. And she attached the uh, detail, attached the article and has some questions. I do want to say that um, when the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau first opened up, um, there were um, some regulations that we had to adhere to, and we all our loans, all the car dealers' loans that were arranged by car dealers, were examined um, and and they were determining whether or not there were higher markups to um, certain protected groups, including black customers and Latino customers, and um, the dealers would get letters. Um, That was ended um, in the last administration, so they don't have to do that right now. But yes, dealers do mark these up. Um, And Amory's question was, do Florida dealers have the option to mark up loans? The answer is yes, and they always have. And 
and <laughs> I guess the second question, if so, is this common? Um, this occurs at every car dealership um, in the United States and in every car dealership in Florida. And in some cases, the markups are egregious and they push into the territory of called, called usury. Um, and there are some caps um, on the amount of markup you could do on um, new cars and used cars, but you would vomit when you hear the one on used cars. What's the, what's the cap now on a, on a used car, maximum rate in a used car? Well, it's on 30%. Yeah, yeah. 30%. Did you hear yeah. that? 30%. That's crazy. Yeah, there's a, the banks have what they call direct lending and indirect lending. Direct lending is what you get and what you should get from your bank. You go directly to your bank, uh, you, you bank there, uh, you're a good customer, and they give you their best rate when you finance your car. They also, the same bank might even be working through your dealer, and you're, with them they have an indirect. Now, they have a good rate for the dealer too, by the way, but the difference is they allow the dealer to mark up the rate. And uh, some banks put a cap on it, some banks don't put a cap on it. Uh, if the, let's say for the example, the buy rate, the direct rate, indirect, whatever, the bank that actually charged, he might, they might charge, let's say 4%. Now the legal limit for a new car financing uh, in Florida, for example, I believe it's eight, 17, 17.5%. Yeah. So if, if, if there was a 4% buy rate, that dealer could be making 13% per annum on your loan, which is huge. Right. The only regulation against that is the guy who is, when you tell somebody with perfect credit, you're giving them a 17% loan. Yeah. Then he just turns around and walks out the door. <laughs> exactly, but a lot of people don't know. We had a customer call. We had a customer. We had a, a listener call in earlier in the show. He'd never financed a car. Yeah. He was going to buy a used car, and he did. And uh, he financed it. He got a good rate, but uh, he wasn't familiar. He didn't bank. He he hadn't borrowed money before to buy a car. He didn't know what it cost. So the rule, as Anne Marie said in her text. Always check with your credit union or your bank. Your, your credit union's got a better rate than the bank, generally. And check, get, get those two rates. Be armed with that information. Then when you go to the dealer, he can show you a rate because sometimes the manufacturers, be it Toyota or General Motors or Honda, whatever, they have lending, too. Yeah. Sometimes they have special deals like 1%, 2%. That's what I was going to say now. Now is uh, those aren't really around right now just because of all incentives have been taken oh, yeah, away. Exactly. But in normal times, that is, that is that is often the case. Your bank won't be able to beat the dealer, but that's not happening right now. So right now with the amount of money people are financing on each loan is through the roof. The dealers are making so much money right now. And dealer um, interest rate markups, that's yeah. something you really have to pay attention normally, to. Now. Normally, dealers made a lot more money on financing than the actual pricing of the car markup. Today, because it's a seller's market, they're actually making more money on the selling of the car than they are on the... So now they're making... Uh, a ton of money on the financing and another ton of money on the on the sale. So it's fat city for car dealers. They're just getting rich on, in today's uh, marketing conditions. When, when uh, I heard sorry, when I heard dog, dog walker Dave describing his experience and um, at our dealership, and he he said 
he was dead set. There was no way he wasn't going to leave him without that car. And I appreciate that, and that's that's wonderful and everything. But that's a very dangerous mindset to, but to, that's, to put yourself. That's what cars do to people. They they fall. He was along. prepared yeah. in our yeah. finance department to take any bit of abuse yeah. that we were going to throw at him. <laughs> and he's lucky he was at our dealership. But um, at, at another dealership, if you have that mindset, you're in trouble. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm sure everyone agrees with you. And uh, Stu mentioned. Uh, Normal times. Do you ever think that we'd be sitting here referring to normal times, the used-to-be's? Things have changed so much in three years, so much. So be careful out there. And as I always say, knowledge is definitely power. And if you don't have to buy right now, don't. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772 Four nine seven six five three zero. Don't forget your anonymous feedback dot com. We're going to go back to the phones where Marty is holding from West Palm Beach. Good morning, Marty. Good morning. How you doing, Nancy? Just great. It's nice to hear from you. Uh, I have a question. When you talk about normal times in the old days, which is two two years ago, if you came in with a lease from another. Uh, car manufacturer you you could buy that lease out now now you can't so my question is if you order a toyota and you have let's say a honda how do you how can you order the toyota when it comes in without waiting till your lease is out is is up or is there any way around you buying that honda well when the Depending on the market value, and today it might be a lot easier than it would have been a few years ago before COVID. Uh, uh, you can you can buy out your lease anytime. The problem is that the the lease residual, uh, typically in times past, uh, was was uh, would be too high when you added the extra payments. Let's say you want to buy out your lease and make a deal on another car and you had 12 payments left. You take the 12 payments, you add it to the purchase option price or the residual value, then it would make it economically impossible or very difficult to make the deal. But today, uh, with the high uh, market value of the vehicles and the uh, very low relative residual values or purchase option prices, you can you can actually make a deal and maybe with uh, several months, maybe up to a year, uh, do on the car. So if there ever was a time when you want to get out of your lease early, uh, it would be easier today, but I don't think it would be wise. Uh, I, th- I don't think it would be wise to try today because uh, the prices of the car you're going to buy are too high. Yeah, so would you say then... <clears throat> Try to time it so you get the new car when the lease is actually up. Yeah, or even beyond that, if your lease, let's say your lease uh, uh, is up next month, you can go to the leasing company and hopefully get an extension. Uh, Sometimes I wonder why they do it because uh, uh, they want the car back. They probably realize now that you'll exercise that option. So uh, they're still offering extensions. If you can get a three-month or a six-month extension, then you're buying time, and time will hopefully bring down the price of that vehicle that you want to buy. Okay. 
And, uh, and the other question is, is when a car comes in now, a new car, if you have a lease on it, are you charging a lot more for the lease? Oh yeah, the leases are price. You know, our cost is go, goes up from. Uh, we're a Toyota dealer, so we have Toyota leasing. Uh, they are charging uh, more for leases today. They used to give us uh, uh, special uh, residuals that would enhance the lease, so that actually there were times. I usually recommend buy over lease. There were times when they would enhance the uh, residual so high in a lease that it became uh, economically favorable to lease a car. And they don't do that anymore. The, le- the leases are sky high, just like the purchase prices are sky high. So uh, it's six of one, half dozen of the other uh, in today's crazy seller's market. It is strictly a seller's market. Yeah. Well, I ordered a car from you in March. This is now almost November, oh. and the, the car <laughs> there's no there's no insight as to when this car is coming in. Hmm. So I'm planning on a 2024 out of it. Yeah, uh, you, you're probably wise. There, I, I I I'm so timid about saying this because I've been wrong for two and a half years, but. Inventories are going up, and uh, new car inventories are going up. Average day supply, Automotive News said two weeks ago, uh, average day supply was 42 days. That's a lot of cars for dealers to have in stock. So we had a mystery. We had a caller in earlier in the show that went into a Mazda dealership, and he had a lot of cars in stock. That was in New Jersey. So we're seeing this. Our mystery shopping report uh, today showed a dealership that had cars in stock. So in the past... The, the amount of inventory in dealer stock was much lower than it is today. That's a good sign. The more inventory, uh, the more competition, and the more discounting. So I think the light is at the end of the tunnel. I think you'll be in pretty good shape if you can wait a few months. Yeah, well, I'm in no rush, but... Uh, yeah. That's great news, Marty, really. I've called different Toyota dealerships here in, in West Palm, and nobody has a... a a new car. No. Mm-hmm. If if your car came in today, we would charge you MSRP, which is what we're selling our cars for. If it, right. if it comes in in, let's say, three months, and it comes down, uh, we, we'll, we'll, we'll discount the car to the market value, maybe discount the MSRP, 1000 or $2,000, depending on what the uh, market value is in three months. Yeah. I'm still waiting for um, the car I've got now. They discounted at 6800 yeah. I don't think those days are coming. <laughs> Marty, it's just amazing, isn't it? We used to talk about yeah. the good old days. Now we're right. talk now now we're ta- talking about normal times. Uh the list is uh, getting long, isn't it? Yeah, that was February of 2020. Mm, interesting. So, I mean, it wasn't that long ago, but it was long enough in the yeah. car business. Exactly. Exactly. Light years. All right. Marty, thanks so much yeah. for the call. We love hearing from you. Okay. Have a good weekend, everybody. Thank you. The same to you. Look forward to hearing from you again. February 2020. Yeah. Next, The next month, the wheels came off. Interesting. Yeah. Um, 877-960-9960. Text us 772-497-6530. We have a great mystery shopping report coming up from Mike Maroney Chevrolet in West Palm Beach. And uh, I, uh, I got a call from Jackson, and uh, he is uh, leaning towards the uh, RAV4 
for and he just wants to let the audience know that whether it's a hybrid or uh, just uh, one of those regular vehicles. He's too young to drive till I'm where I can sell him a car. He is, uh, he's going to make his decision okay. very soon. Okay, uh, we're going to go back to the phones and we're going to talk to Roadrunner Steve. Welcome back, Roadrunner. Beep, beep. Good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. We are. Uh, my question is, uh, if you buy a car, let's say car A and car B, the same model, but one is gas and one is electric. Now, when you go to the insurance company, whose premiums are going to be higher because of the fire theft and collision when you get that on the car? Whose would be higher on that? I don't know. We haven't insured that many electric vehicles, so in our experience, we'll have to look that up. Um, I mean, I know that the factors that insurance companies consider when they're determining you know what to insurance a vehicle is is replacement value um, is ultimately um, how expensive are the repairs and things like that um, I don't know I'll look that up it, it all ha it all has to do with the market value of the time so uh, I think uh, electric vehicles are simpler I think uh, uh, they're 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 probably easier to repair and there's less maintenance and repairs would be revolved i i don't know that's, that's an excellent question i um we could probably do a little research on that well I, I did a little I, I just called colonel google um and it's well the, the first result just basically confirms you know my the intuition uh, insurance for electric vehicle may cost higher uh, than a regular gas powered because the higher price tag and more complex equipment uh, means it has a higher replacement cost. Well, the, re the reason I ask that, we've seen the cars that are in salt water go on fire. Right? So that's why I was wondering about yeah, that's that. A, that, that is a, uh, I'm glad you so. cleared that up. No, they, the, um, the electric cars are on fire, getting a lot of press. Uh, uh, combustion engine cars catch on fire, too. Um, uh, the battery issue is not as bad as it sounds. And... Uh, Batteries are being improved, so by the time it becomes uh, a fact where half the cars or a third of the cars out there are all electric, you're not going to have any issue with battery fires. I, and I think the real question, like for example, if you had a, I know you're saying two cars side by side, but a, you know, obviously a, a very expensive, you know, a, 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 a seventy thousand dollar gas car is going to cost more to insure than a forty thousand dollar electric car. So. Um, we're not comparing apples to apples, but it's basically on the cost of replacement. There's nothing the special about it. I brought car. that up. Yeah. I'm going to go back in time now, maybe before your time. Probably. In the 60s <laughs> and 70s, when we had the horsepower ratings going up and the insurance companies caught on to that to charge you more because of the horsepower. Now, that's, that's a good question. Yeah. That's an interesting question. Uh, uh, I, I, I think that you're... The reason they did that is because <clears throat> the people that would spend the extra money on a high horsepower car were spending it for that very reason, because it would go fast, accelerate fast, high top end, and that type of driver is not the type of driver an insurance company wants to insure. An electric vehicle driver, on the other hand, most of them, not me, because I bought my Tesla because it was fast, <laughs> but most people buy electric vehicles for all the other good reasons. So I don't think an EV as such 
would be uh, penalized by an insurance company. Not because, for virtue of being a, an yeah, EV. For, yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm looking it up. Because it would go fast. Some insurance companies are, are now beginning to offer discounts for electric vehicles, including Liberty Mutual and Travelers. Uh, so that's okay. dollar for dollar. That's, is, yeah. I didn't buy a fast car to go fast. I bought a fast car because it was a chick magnet. Right. So, uh, <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't have to, you didn't have to go fast. That's why I still have my Roadrunner. <laughs> well, insurance, uh, insurance companies don't like uh, don't like people that cruise around to try to pick up girls either. So they probably. I should only do it in the daytime. I can't see at night. There you go. <laughs> hey, uh, uh, Roadrunner Steve, I got to call you by your title now. Well, you, you know, you really pick up our spirits here. You really do. We love hearing from you. And if you want to well, go out and pick up chicks, go do it. <laughs> All right, everybody stay safe and well. Have a good day. Thank you, Steve. Look forward to hearing from you again. Uh, we are going to stick with the phones, and boy, have we been busy today. I think last week uh, we were just as busy, and uh, uh, Rick has some uh, comments on YouTube to get to, so don't go anywhere, and so does uh, Stu with the text messages on Facebook. Actually, one quick note here from Donovan. He says there was a study done by the insurance industry in the beginning of 2022, and EVs, electric vehicles, were 61 times less likely to catch on fire versus a gasoline car. Wow. We love Donovan. Is you, that? You give us some really Donovan good, is unbelievable. Yeah. He's, he's got uh, great he's, information. Every week he's got something for us. Yeah. Thank you so much, Donovan. We appreciate, you know, uh, you educating us and all of you out there. Let me take advantage of the moment. I'll tell you what, everyone that's listening that uh, is on Facebook, YouTube, everywhere, we appreciate your company and uh, we love the fact that you love us. 877-960-9960. Text us at 772-497-6530 and uh, we'll have uh, we'll look for your anonymous feedback uh, dot com. We're going to go to Stuart, where John has been holding. Good morning, John. Good morning. How are you today? I, I'm doing well. Uh, I have a question. Uh, I went and I drove a uh, Nissan uh, Santa Fe, and it was nice and everything. Had a few miles on it, and I asked. I said, "Does it does it have the? It was a Hyundai, so I or however you say it." I said, is it like got the 10, 10 years, 100,000 miles warranty left on it? He goes, no, but he said, we, if it was certified, he said, it's not, but we can get it certified for $900. Does that sound right or what? Is that, that's a factory warranty uh, by Hyundai? Yes, sir. Right. Yeah, that, yeah the, the, the manufacturer's right. warranties for certification are fair. Uh, uh, you, know, you, you, you want to read it carefully, even though it's a manufacturer's warranty, and see what it does and does not cover. The, the warranties, insurance companies, and, and, and a warranty is like an insurance policy. Uh, they're very profitable to the insurance company, and when the dealers sell them, they're very profitable too. So, um, yeah, uh, if you, if, if you, if the peace of mind that you get with buying a warranty, that's why you do it. 
then do it. It's not a, economically, it's not a good idea, but if it makes you feel better when you're driving the car, and it's a Hyundai warranty, and it's for the certification, it's a good. It's it's the best best you can do. Don't buy one on the phone, or don't buy one online. And you see the advertisements about these warranties. Stay away from those. Manufacturer's warranty is not a bad idea. Okay, and then the other thing, real quick, is what's the big difference between a hybrid and a plug-in hybrid? Well, uh, plug-in hybrid is something that's only going to give you uh, 20 or 30 miles range without having to use the battery. Uh, it's, in my opinion, a regular hybrid is a better value. The plug-in hybrids are, are kind of uh, rare, and there's not a lot of them out there. Uh, people like the idea of the, of the sound, oh, I got a plug-in hybrid, but what are you really buying yourself? If you live close enough to your job or wherever you go every day that you can do a round trip on 20 or 30 miles that's yeah, worth I, it i just want to chime in because he's uh, earl hating on uh, on plug-in hybrids <laughs> a plug-in hybrid is actually a great thing if you live if you're mainly commuting locally i'll give you a perfect example you know my son drove a plug-in hybrid i drove one for a little bit and <clears throat> he never used gasoline um, but if you wanted to go on a trip and, and go a little bit further out of the, you know out of the, his electric range, and it was closer to 40 miles um, on a um, on a on a full charge, so he was able to go down to West Palm Beach daily, and he never used gas unless he had to dro- drive down to Miami, which he didn't have to worry about finding a charge. But how much more expensive are plug-in hybrids than regular hybrids? Um, brand new, um, there is definitely a premium. He, he got into a 2017 a used one, which um, was priced very similar to just a regular um, regular Prius. Um, so a, a used plug-in hybrid is great. And that's a, just a general uh, thing that we should tell our listeners. Like, as more and more electric vehicles come on the market, a lot of them, they are prohibitively expensive for a lot of people. But once they're on the used car market... But the whole, the whole key is how much you drive per day. Right. It's for, 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 per day. not for every driver, right? Yeah. Exactly. And most people just drive like more than 20 drivers. or 30 miles a day. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so if you had a hybrid that didn't use any gas, I mean, can you shut it off some way so you can use some gas so it doesn't get, like, messed up in your tank or something? Um, yeah, well, you would, all you would just don't, just don't plug it in again. And after, a, a, you know, after about 30 miles, 30 to 40 miles, the, the charge goes out and the hybrid system kicks in. There's not a switch to turn it, to turn it off. Okay. So the gas, that's where you get the, the uh, old gas out of the car. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and you okay. have to and you have to keep gas in it. Like uh, it, if the the gas runs out, you can't just use it as a straight plug-in EV. It has to, you have to keep fueled normally. Okay, got you. Thanks a lot, guys. And uh, uh, John, also uh, there's a, a lot of great articles in Consumer Report recently. Excuse okay. me. Um, there's a lot of great articles in uh, the Consumer Report recently on uh, plug-in. Uh, as you just called about on hybrid vehicles um, everything that you want to know uh, before you go out and make a decision to purchase one or the other so you might want to take advantage of that uh, thank you for your call and have a great weekend you guys as well thank you bye-bye bye-bye uh, we're going to go uh, to a rick who has uh, some comments from youtube well we've got a few actually uh first one from john strine he says, my brother's been in the automobile business for 28 years. He tells me that Toyota has historically had a higher dealer holdback built into the MSRP than most other manufacturers. Is this true? 
Toyota has. I don't think so. I don't. I don't know. Um, I Toyota. I remember one point increased holdback, maybe fifteen years ago. I think it's totally. Well, remember, we're with the distributor, so our holdback is enhanced by Southeast Toyota. But Toyota, the manufacturer, right? The, the straight holdback that's just in the in, invoice is uh, is is two percent of that base MSRP. I believe that. Uh, when you add extra SCT. There is extra SCT. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. there's accessory holdback and other things. Like yeah, there's distributors and there's direct manufacturers. Uh, the holdback, uh, I don't believe, is higher today I don't think we're higher than, than, it was be, than it was before. Yeah. It might have been even higher before. Uh, if there's one th- accident waiting to happen, if there's one huge expose waiting to happen, it's, it's manufacturer-dealer conspiracy on holdback. To me, is price fixing. Uh, when the dealer and the manufacturer get together and say, "Okay, we're going to add three thousand dollars to the invoice on your car," and then secretly kick it back to you in thirty days, so you can show customers, so that you can charge more to the customer. To me, that's price fixing, and uh, it's, it's, you, know. you know, and even if it's. Also, it's it's definitely walking that shady. It's it's deception. It's it's because that's the only reason it's used. I mean, there are ostensible reasons it's used, and then there is uh, the effective way it's used in the showroom when a when a salesperson shows an invoice and claims it's his cost. Yep. Okay. Okay. Uh, next one from Kirk in West By God, Virginia. All right, Earl. What's going on with your next book? When's it coming out? Mm. They're not going. They're not going to let you. Uh, procrastinate one bit. <laughs> I'm feeling guilty. I'll tell you uh, how we, we have. The book is finished, and we're going through the editing, the proofreading, and the publishing, yeah. and uh, and it, it just loose ends. You Jeez. know, I'm a procrastinator. What a journey! And it took uh, the work, the the work, the fun work, the actual writing the book is over with and now I have to get it out yeah. uh, and get the publisher and do all that. So you're going to get on that this week. It'll be out by the end of the year, I promise. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we're going to finalize things this week for sure. Right, Earl? Ask them again next week, Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> and from Negan One out in Arizona there, um, he brought up the story of the diesel fuel shortage that is pretty much hitting the entire world, but especially the U.S., Australia, Europe. Um, the thought process is right now that we may actually see a run-out situation by the end of November. Uh, and, of course, diesel fuel, you know, it sounds like a minor thing. You know, all, just the, the, all these guys are their big rolling coal diesel trucks. But if we run out of diesel fuel, that's the entire trucking industry that and, delivers and, everything. And trains. Across the nation. And trains. And boats. And, moving uh, everything around. All our products. List. We're going to see prices go up on everything yeah. with this. That's so. crazy. I didn't even I, I, hear about That's this. the first I've heard of I, it. We have two weeks, le- I'm sorry, 25 days left of diesel in the United States. Yeah. Uh, and that's a domino effect, just like everybody just chimed in and mentioned. It is a domino effect. This is going to get serious, folks. So yeah. uh, good news hold is on to your hats. The good news is there are not that many diesel vehicles out there. Comparatively speaking, yeah. right. And but I they're find that they're on diesel shipping containers coming to the United States. I find Except that all this those eighteen-wheelers out yeah. there hauling our goods around. I had three people looking for diesel, mm. and they're nowhere to be found. Well, folks, um, you might want to consider gift cards for Christmas because trying to buy anything right now for Christmas time, 
Prices are going to skyrocket. Mm. Do your shopping early. Good advice. Okay, um, have we finished up over there, uh, Rick? Uh, just one other quick note from Jonathan here. He says also the agricultural industry, uh, tractors and everything that grows our food, they all run on diesel. Good point. We don't think about those things. Okay, uh, let's go back to Stu. Yeah, we had um, <clears throat> somebody chimed in. Uh, and where did I miss it right here? It was uh, Bob had chimed in about, we were talking about last week, the windshield wiper blades and uh, uh. You know, keeping it clean, what are good windshield wiper blades. Can't find his text, but I remember what he said. Um, he said, nobody mentioned actually cleaning the actual blade itself. And he said, um, uh, use a, what, an alcohol wipe to clean off the edge of the blade, and that can sometimes stop the, uh, the skipping and the squeaking. Just be careful not to use too much because that alcohol can also dry out the rubber. And uh, might be best just a little bit of Windex or other glass cleaner on a paper towel and just gently wipe across the rubber surface of the wiper blade. Yeah, those uh, alcohol um, pads are, are great in moderation, uh, yep. but they do really have a drying effect. Yep. So, you know, you pick, like, pick and choose. Like Earl says, get a good coat of Rain-X on your windows and... You won't need the wipers for half the time. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Also, uh, Bob in Naples, who we spoke to earlier, he had uh, just a, had a question. He saw on YouTube there was a way to turn off a smart key. Um, there was an press a button to turn it on again. Is that worth commenting on? Some cars, uh, like the Prius, when they first came out with smart key, you could actually hit a button to turn it off. But most cars now with smart key don't have that button anymore. Can't you take the battery out? You can, but it's actually quite a process on some of them. You've got to open the actual remote case, and some there's even little tiny screws you got to take out to get the battery out. Yeah. yeah. And that text about the the windshield wipers was from Roy in Denver. Denver, he's yeah. not there listening to us in Denver. Mile so, high. Uh, yep. Let's see. Um, oh, here's a question from uh, an anonymous feedback from Don and Labelle. <laughs> Very specific. We know who you are, and we know where you live. Um, I was in a rented 2022 RAV4 last week in Nevada and noticed a weird, unpleasant smell coming from the vents when first starting up using the heater. It went away after a few minutes. Why is there a smell? I'm looking at you, Rick. <laughs> the heater mouse turned on. in the AC vents. Uh, Don, you cooked a mouse <laughs> and you smelled a roasting mouse in the... No, really, what happened? Uh, there, it could be anything as simple as... A little bit of mold or mildew grow, building up in the evaporator core. Um, some leaves or dirt had gotten in there and just something making that little odor. Toyota had and a problem first, yeah. a few years ago where um, mold, a smell of mold was coming on every time somebody turned on the air conditioning. Yep. And it had to do with the condensation issue. Uh, that was resolved. That wasn't not, By 2022, that was no longer an issue. Right. Okay. But depending upon the environment where you're at, uh, it could be just something got in there, and it's a little wet and messy in there, and, and at it's in Nevada. Sitting so there's, in, a, there's a great incentive for you inventors yeah. out there, and I always think about why don't they have a little gadget you could buy up. on Amazon that would detect odors and tell you exactly what it is. Odor, your nose does it. 
your, your little molecules yeah. and it tells you what it is, uh, a sensor. And you could use it when the people comes in, what's that smell? I said, wait a minute, you turn the meter on? Yeah. Oh, I'd, I'd love to see that. Yeah. And I've That'd lost be an a lot awesome of my, device. My personal sense of smell is diminished as I've gotten older. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to have a device and just go, push a button yeah. go, oh, that's delicious. Yeah. Pizza. Yeah. Exactly. You need to call me. <laughs> I, I can remedy that problem. I, I can just smell things from miles and miles. Let me talk briefly about this before we get oh, into that's the a good idea. shopping report. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan in the studio here uh, shared an article with us which uh, – I first didn't take too seriously because it was from Car and Driver magazine. I always uh, uh, ridicule Car and Driver and Motor Trend, a lot of these magazines, because they're in the pocket of the manufacturers. And they'll come up and say, oh, uh, the Hyundai is the car of the year, the, the Honda is the car of the year. And they give the car of the year award to the people, uh, the manufacturers that spend the most money on advertising. But in this case, Car and Driver did an article uh, which uh, is stunning. It's, it's uh, the first, it's a breakthrough uh, that is, unfortunately, not a lot of people read car drivers. So. But the title is Sympathy for the Dealer. New car dealers just clocked their best year ever, and yet their future has never looked shakier. It is an excellent article. I haven't got time to read it, and I wouldn't read it if I could. I don't like to read things, uh, long things on the air. Uh, but if you can Google it and come up with this car and driver entitled Sympathy for the Dealer, uh, it's excellent. And the, the, when I read it, I realized how good it was because they gathered the information by talking to manufacturers and dealers who would not be quoted. So you know you're getting the truth when the, when the sources say, please don't quote me. And th that's literally true. The fact of the matter is they're, they're predicting the demise of car dealers as we know them today and why. And they talk about uh, the love-hate relationship between the manufacturer and the dealer, how the manufacturers would love to sell direct like Elon Musk does with Tesla. I mean, he came in, he broke the mold, he shook up everybody, and now he's one of the most successful auto manufacturers in the world. Number one luxury manufacturer in the world. And 10 years ago, they were laughing at Elon Musk. They're not laughing at him today. So, car and driver, sympathy for the dealer, find out what the world's going to look like in 10 or 15 years if you don't think it shakes us up in the studio because we're car dealers here. We, we have a Toyota dealership, and we're, we're thinking about what's going to happen in 10, 15, 20 years. We don't think we will have car dealers if we see them today. A lot of car dealers out there that have just spent a ton of money for a brand-new car dealership, you know, they bought out somebody else and paid them a huge amount of money because car dealers are making an absolute fortune today. But that's going to drop off a cliff, or according to this article, Sympathy for the Car Dealer by Car and Driver, car and Driver Magazine. Yeah, it really gets your attention, without a doubt. And uh, folks, take advantage of that. That's the sympathy uh, for the dealer. Sympathy for the dealer. Uh, we have our mystery shopping report coming up, and uh, we ask you to vote at 772-497-6530. Uh, in the mystery shopping report, uh, 
is from uh, Mike Maroney Chevrolet in West Palm Beach. Your vote is very important. So take advantage of that and join us in uh, talking about the mystery shop and voting on it. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Okay, here's the report. Stu wrote this up, and uh, Agent Lightning did the actual footwork. And I'm going to speak of it. This week, one year ago, we mystery shop Mike Maroney Chevrolet on Okeechobee Boulevard in West Palm Beach. It was just about a year after Maroney bought out the old Roger Dean Chevrolet, an icon of dealers in, in our area. And I, I, I talk about Roger Dean a lot. Uh, we're national now, and people from all over the country and the world listen to the show. But he was a local South Florida uh, icon, originally from Ohio. There's still a Roger Dean Chevrolet, by the way. It's in Cape Coral, Florida. That was ground zero for last month's Hurricane Ian. And uh, we checked. They're okay, uh, which is amazing, the fact that they're okay. They're, they're open now. so yeah, They're open, yeah. Here's a little bit of trivia. Roger Dean Chevrolet of Cape Coral was recently involved in a viral news story. Uh, Chevrolet Volt driver was quoted... $30,000 to replace a battery, a hybrid battery. On a 2012, on a 2012 Volt. 20, uh, 2012, <laughs> I mean, I can't, how could they do that with a straight face? Uh, the dealership who gave the quote was Roger Dean Chevrolet. The customer posted a picture of the estimate on social media, and the story took off. Roger Dean confirmed the, uh, the, the plot, the, the, the photo was accurate, and, and uh, released this statement. This is the official from their PR company. Uh, this is an estimate for a 12-year-old vehicle on warranty and for a battery that is extremely hard to get due to the older technology of the 12-year-old vehicle. The dealership does not set battery prices. In the newer EV or EUV vehicles with newer technology, the batteries do cost less. Think of it like a big screen TV. Remember, when the first big screens came out, they were very expensive. And as the technology advanced, the prices became lower. This battery is also out of warranty, eight year, 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. So this is a warm and fuzzy statement. I don't think it's that warm and fuzzy, actually. <laughs> it's, that's my sarcasm. I said warm and fuzzy with very little condescension. Well, exactly. Back to the mystery shop, uh, Mike Maroney Chevrolet did great on our prior mystery shop last October. It was around that time that the new and used car prices were really getting crazy, but Agent Lightning walked out with a price below MSRP and an easy experience. Things in the new car market have been almost the same ever since. Agent Lightning returned to see if Mike Maroney can do that again. Here's a report speaking as if I were Agent Lightning. I arrived mid-afternoon back into a parking spot. There were a few salesmen wearing blue polos hanging out in front of the uh, dealership. I sat in my car for a minute as I finished a phone call. One of the salesmen headed my way, left my car, walked to meet him. He asked me if the car I just parked was a lease return. I love that. And uh, lease return folks are hotter than hot today because you have a bargain price to exercise. You exercise that option to buy your lease return. And this is, uh, this is the time now if ever, to take advantage of that. And the dealers are trying to take advantage, and they hope you don't know that you have a super bargain. So I love it that Mike Maroney, is, uh, not Mike Maroney, but AutoNation, that's who owns it. No, no, this is, uh, this is, Mike, this is separate from AutoNation. Okay. This okay. is actual Mike Maroney. 
after he sold out to AutoNation, he came around oh, and started buying some individual oh, dealerships. That's right. That's right. I lost. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There we go. We had a, a Roger Dean, then we had Mike, then we had AutoNation, then we had Mike Bruni again. He's back in the game. Yeah. I said no. I purchased it now, and I wanted to buy another car. Um, he, he probably looked discouraged. He nodded. Then I said. I like the Chevy Equinox and asked if he had any new ones of stock. He said yes. He still hadn't introduced himself, but he had a name tag that indicated his name was Alex. Alex told me to follow him. We made our way around the outside of the building to a lot out back with quite a few cars. Now that's interesting, isn't it? I circled that on Stu's report. Alex said he had both 2022s and 2023s, and he said he believed he could save me some money if I went with the 2022. So here we are with a Chevrolet dealer with a lot of cars in stock. That means prices could be coming down. They are coming down, I believe. I said that sounded good to me. I picked out a white 2022 Equinox LT with a tan interior. It was open, but I asked Alex to get the keys. He left me to explore the vehicle. I got inside. The MSRP was 30865 I couldn't find an addendum. That's another good sign. I was sitting in the driver's seat of the Equinox, waiting, when suddenly all the doors locked and the engine started. Alex had activated the remote start to demonstrate it to me. It was effective and startling, mainly startling. It would be startling to me, too. Yeah, I don't, that's not good practice, I think, to lock a woman in a car. But especially a few days before Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, it would really maybe. be startling if the car started to drive. That not off to a good start. In your, in your car, it could happen. Yes. He jumped to the passenger side, told me to drive off. At this point, he hadn't asked my name, let alone my driver's license, rather important information. That's unusual. So Agent Lightning killed him. <laughs> <laughs> he had yet to actually introduce himself either. We had a nice test drive along the way. We talked about the car business and how much it had changed. He said he used to work at a Toyota dealership, but he had to leave because they had no cars to sell. Did he work for us? Yes. Oh, I'll be darned. I said, Alex Lee, right, he worked for us. Right. Okay. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Nothing. I just, you know, yeah. I like Alex. We drove back and went, yeah, what's not to like? I mean, you just guys got to make a living, right? Just, just, yeah, we drove back and went inside. Alex, if I wanted to see some figures, and I said I did. We sat down. He asked me for my name, phone number, address, and my driver's license. He found me in the system, and he said he saw I was looking at an Explorer last year. And I said yes. And we didn't come together on price. Alex excused himself to get the pricing from his sales manager. He was back in five minutes with a worksheet. Well, that was fast. The selling price was MSRP, 30865 They added 995 in government fees. That's way too much money for government fees. Nice. Uh, and uh, Stu said, in the right, what government? Yeah. <laughs> and a 995 uh, processing dock fee, but then they took off a $1,200 Chevrolet customer rebate, which is a manufacturer rebate. Yes. Uh, my out-the-door price was 33601 and that's on a 30865 MSRP. Alex made a little check mark by the rebate and said, see, we did discount, we did discount it. He said the 995 may come down once they check my credit. I don't know what that means. Uh, that's so the that's, quote? That was in a, yeah, that's, uh, that's either stupidity or, or dishonesty. We don't know which. Um, he went on to say they had 
other rebates I may qualify for, like the military incentive, and $1,000 if I lived in the Hurricane Ian affected area and filed an insurance claim. So, with all that nonsense, I said I needed to talk with my other half and get back to him. Alex asked me to wait, so a sales manager would come and thank me for coming in. Sales manager came over, uh, took my hand very, shook my hand very firmly, uh, and, and addressed me uh, by my first name. He did not introduce himself, but he did say that on Saturday and Sunday, uh, they would be taking an additional $500 off many vehicles, including the Equinox. That may or may not be true. I asked why he couldn't give me the deal today, and he scrunched up his face and admitted a long strain. Well, and then he said he was sure he could work something out if I committed to buying right now. Old school, old school, old school. I laughed, said thanks, and I left. So there we have it. Uh, Roger Dean Chevrolet. Uh, yeah, I included the, uh, the oh. estimate that went viral, the $30,000 yeah. uh, quote for the battery. Yeah. Hey, um, on that uh, battery estimate, I love how they got the, the big price on the battery, and then they've got the $1.50 fee for the battery disposal on there. It's like, <laughs> wow, you just had to make sure you got that buck fifty on there, didn't you? Yeah. Every penny counts. Don't drop that buck and a half. Oh, man. So, so there we have it. There we, there we have a uh, shopping report. Uh, Price-wise, uh, I'm going to say... Be generous and say half of those government fees are, are junk fees, and add that to the so about fifteen hundred dollars in junk fees. I could be light, and um, twelve hundred dollar rebate. So it still turned out to be a pretty good price. Only a couple hundred dollars over MSRP. And again, we go with our a lot of cars in stock. I mean, uh, yeah. And I, and, I, and I didn't know sh that that GM was was offering uh, re uh, rebates on on uh, yeah. twenty twenty two models. So I I think what we're seeing now is the car makes of the lesser popularity, the lesser demand, are starting to build their inventories. And that's why two weeks ago, uh, we, uh, there was a 42-day supply of cars, which is a lot of cars compared to the way it's been for a long time. Uh, so the hot cars, the high-demand, low-supply cars, are still going to be high-priced. The lesser demands like Chevrolet and what else will we say, uh, Fiat <laughs> or, you know. Alfa Romeo. Uh, well, they're, they're, you know, you can just look at the high demand, low supply. We all know what they are. And, and you're going to get, so if you like an off-brand car that uh, you, you could probably negotiate and get a pretty, pretty good price, relatively speaking, during the high, you know, during this time. Uh, price. So it's, it's time to start doing your shopping. It's time, if you want to buy a Chevrolet, for example, start shopping around, getting prices. Get competitive prices from several Chevrolet dealers. Um, six months ago, I'd say don't buy a Chevrolet. Today, i say you might want to feel out some dealers and see what they are. If you want to buy something else, uh, you're still, if you want to buy a high demand, low supply, like a Honda or a Toyota or a Subaru or something like that, you're going to pay a lot of money. I'm thinking uh, there's something stirring here. That uh, there's like a there's a change in the wind, uh, you, and you see that like in the grades. Usually, when it's pretty obviously what's going on, you know, we get the grades coming in F, F, F minus. These are all over the place, mm -hmm. and and my and my grade was nothing like this. Uh, Jonathan Wellington uh, gives him a D for too many junk fees. Um, Bob gives him a B. 
That's a pretty big difference. And Mark, right up the middle with a C. And I'm inclined to go higher. I just, I just think that if, if the purpose of us grading dealerships is to provide a service to the listeners, um, it looks like you can get a pretty good deal at Mike Rooney Chevrolet. Yeah, they have the fees, but that's par for the course. So yeah, the one thing that bothered me was the salesman saying that the 995 fee could be negotiated based on uh, what do you say? The uh, uh, once they run the credit, once they run the credit. So that's totally yeah. makes no sense. So, I mean, the price. If they did that, it would be illegal. You cannot charge a person a price with bad credit that. more than you do a person with good credit. So as I say. Andy was maybe he was going to charge her less if she had bad credit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, uh, so uh, it, it was so stupid. I think it was stupid. I don't think it was dishonest. Right. Well, I'd like to, my grade is a B minus. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Rick. Got Joseph Kelleher with a D. Mark Anderson, Mark from St. Louis, C minus. Alex not introducing himself, not good. Kirk in West by God, Virginia. C minus, but junk fees were high, although the overall price was reasonable. Negan one, D for junk. Let's see. Uh, Tom Steckel, C minus, a bit deceptive on the fees, no addendums. FYI, Wes Haney Chevrolet in Live Oak is a no fee MSRP dealership. Tom, uh, Tim Gilliland, C. Scott Hunter, C. Brian Sedlako, C plus. Mark Ryan, C+. Michelle S., C, unprofessional and too many BS fees. Mm. <laughs> Myself, I'm, I'm going to go a little above that. I'm going to say a B-. minus. Didn't like the no introductions. Uh, they could have been a little more personable, but I think she actually got a pretty reasonable price on it. Yeah. yeah, you know it's uh, for me. You know I'm on the fence, and um, I'm, I tend to be a little more lenient this morning. And uh, I like the couple hundred dollars over MSRP. Um, but here we go again with uh, junk fees. Uh, and and what the hell is a government fee? I mean, what is that? Please. Anyway, uh, with all that said, everybody, hang on to your seat. I'm going to give them a B. Wow. Wow, so the highest grade I've heard from you in, on the yeah. entire show. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, just, I just have to bend a little more. Well, um, we have some grades on Facebook, too, um, that are kind of in line with your grade. Mike Marooney gives him an A. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Andrew, Andrew on Facebook gives, says, good report from Marooney, gives him an A-, minus, um, and Martha gives him a C. So it's uh, down to you. There you uh, have I'm going to give him a C-, minus, mainly because of what uh, Andy Lee said about the uh, – about the 995 fee. I mean, uh, it was uh, mm-hmm. a, a, a suspicious statement, but I won't, I'm not going to give him. Maybe Agent Lyon can call uh, back and just ask for clarification on what, what he meant. <coughs> yeah. And we'll it's report fun. on that next yeah, week. Yeah, and give us a call, man. Yeah. Yeah. I want to hear from Agent Sprinkle. I like that. And I've <laughs> got a couple others here that came in. Okay. Uh, Mark Smith with a C, plus. Wayne Veit with C. Michael says D, too many dealer fees. And that credit fee is BS, 2000 in dealer fees. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, uh, we all have an opinion, and uh, we have to have a, you know, a, a, a good dealer, a bad dealer list, and uh, that's what I based my grade on. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us here at Earl Stewart on Cars. We enjoy your company and hope you have a great weekend. We'll be right back here at the same time, 8 a.m. Saturday morning.